Aloha and welcome to the Outrigger Waikiki where we're back for another Surfers in Residence. My name is Marco and I'll be your host today in for Tommy Moniz. And a big mahalo to everyone for the opportunity today to sit down and have a conversation with local professional surfer, Nika Miller. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Welcome to the show. How do you like our little studio here? It's absolutely beautiful. Isn't this is crazy? This is the coolest studio I've ever been to. <laughs> a friend of mine does a podcast in, up in Maine, and it's like in the basement of a church. So I think we're doing all right over <laughs> here and stuff. I always love to just start at the beginning. So where did you grow up, and what brought you to Hawaii? I grew up between Texas and Michigan, two very extremes. But I was a competitive runner and a competitive lacrosse player. And I actually got scholarship offers for both to play lacrosse in college or to, uh, to do cross country and track. And I chose cross country and track because there was more money. So that's, <laughs> I grew up kind of poor. And uh, so I had to rely heavily on athletics and academics to pay for college. Came out here and uh, for, tr for cross country and track. And then a lot of my teammates were super into surfing and then so I would go out surfing with them. Um, I, I was horrible. I was super bad. That's kind of how I came out here, how I really got into surfing. When I moved into Waikiki and then I started hanging out with all the beach boys and then just they like kind of took me under their wing and they're the ones that really like got me into different types of surfing like longboarding and sand up paddle. And then I got working on the beach and then yeah, my whole life just became surf. Oh, God bless them. And now coming from Texas and Michigan to Hawaii, that's quite a bit of a culture shock. Were you like homesick or just in heaven? Um, I was super homesick. It was so different. Um, I'm half black, half Mexican, and I grew up in a Mexican household. And in Hawaii, there isn't a huge population, um, at least compared to where I lived in Texas and where I lived in Michigan. Um, so it was really hard for me. It was a lot of Asian influence here, and then obviously Hawaiian culture, which was, I just wasn't used to it. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I love it. I think it was so beautiful, but it was just hard for me to adjust at first. But um, when I finally started getting friends and when I really just focused all my time and energy into surfing, uh, that's, yeah, I just started to feel more and more at home. So the Beach Boys got you into surfing and you started surfing on this beach right here behind us, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I really started developing my skills here um, in, right in Waikiki Beach. The, the talent level in Hawaii is so incredibly high. And so it's really easy to come here. And if that's going to be your main focus for you, you kind of don't have a choice to get better. Like everyone here is so good that it just raises your level. But yeah, especially when I really started uh, surfing at Queens Surf Break, that's, I feel like, where my level just really skyrocketed. There's so many world champions that surf there and just so many locals that just rip. And yeah, it was just so inspiring to watch them between like Kalia Moniz and Kai Salas and Megan Godinez and Crystal Walsh, like this bonga, like so, so many talented Hawaiian surfers. And it's just, they... Everyone now, especially when I travel, they say, oh, you have the Waikiki style of surf. And it's, huh. you can see it like at Queens, everyone has the same type of style. It's like very elegant and beautiful. Um, a lot of cross-stepping, a lot of no like getting to the nose and. And now for all those folks that are watching this in the hotel rooms that are 
intimidated by looking out at this surf and all these amazing surfers, right? Why in particular? Because um, I learned how to surf on this beach and, and figured out that it was a yeah, kind of nice place to learn. What are some of the things that make it attractive to learning right here in Waikiki? I think all the abundance of surf schools and uh, that's what I found. Uh, and I always recommend to for people, I know it's a cheap, some people are on a budget and it's cheaper just to rent a board for $10 an hour opposed to paying for a $100 lesson. Sure. But I always recommend taking a surf lesson because it can be very dangerous with the, the board with the fin and you just not knowing what you're doing you could the board is pretty heavy and once you get hit with it it can hurt you or someone else but um i think one thing that makes waikiki beach so great for beginners is all the different surf schools also the wave is a lot more gentle and rolling um other places i've been to like california or places in nicaragua places in puerto rico have more shore break waves which are a lot dumpier and faster but here the waves uh, break over a reef and they're just a lot longer ride. So it gives you more time to practice and stand up. And um, one thing I found too, being on a longboard helps a lot as well. And is that what you would recommend for yeah, a I beginner? Would, I would definitely recommend. Because I see some people that are obvious beginners on these little short rockets. <laughs> yeah, and they get so frustrated. And maybe it might look cooler to be holding your little short board. And, but it's definitely, I always recommend going on a longboard. But um between uh, the Moniz Surf School and Aloha Beach Service sure. and Moku Surf Shop. There are so many great places that teach lessons and so many locals here that are great surfers and are really great watermen. So yeah, I always recommend someone to take a surf lesson. When I first learned to surf, nobody taught me. I just went out with my friends and they would just, I remember the first time they were like, oh, when you see a wave, you just paddle, but they didn't tell me what a wave was. So I was just out in the ocean, just, just paddling and trying to stand up on literally nothing. Right. And there is definitely times looking back, I'm like, wow, I was, I probably could have hurt some people, but I didn't know what I, but no one said anything to me, but I learned and got a lot better just by watching other people. And it took me a lot longer than if I think if I would have had proper lessons and instructions, I think I would have picked up on it faster. Being so athletic already, like what was the learning curve for you? Because it took us probably a whole summer before we could regularly drop in and catch a wave. So I would definitely say not to be conceited, but my learning curve was a, like a lot faster mm -hmm. because I was I already grew up doing sports my whole life. And I already had that competitive drive that when the first time I really got into surfing and I got hooked on it, I was like, oh, okay, like, I want to be the best. I want to get even better. I want to be on everyone else's level. I don't want to be, like, I want to be really good. And then I already just had that drive, and I just would go out, like, rain or shine. It didn't matter if the waves were small or big or what the conditions were like. To where I'm at now, maybe it took some time to get to, like, that professional competing on the tour type level. But to really get the hang of it and catching waves, it didn't take that long. But to really hone my skill, I would still say that I'm still working on it, you know. Obviously, I'm not a world champion. So until I can say that I'm a world champion, I still need to progress and get better. So I still, to this day, feel like I'm really honing and perfecting my, my skills. And what are, and we, okay, so big boards for beginners. What are you riding? Are you one of these servers that has 100 boards? Or are you, like, dedicated to two that work for you and your style? Or what are you riding? I definitely ride, I definitely have, like, one or two boards. I, for me, I found having multiple boards, I can never really get the hang of one of them. Because I'm trying so many different boards that I'm not, 
fully spending my time and learning this board and the intricacies of it. So I've, and also I can only surf one board at a time and I, my apartment's only so big, so I don't have room for a hundred boards, you know? That's true. Unfortunately, even though I'm a professional surfer, I'm still not making thousands and millions of dollars. So I still have a smaller apartment. I only have room for two to three boards, which is enough for me. But I found like really learning one board, I can really get it dialed down and it really helps. Like I can, I know how, how it's going to turn where the sweet spot is to nose ride in all the conditions, whether it's small or big or windy. Whereas if when I was riding multiple different boards, I, it was hard for me to really get it dialed in all these different conditions. I want to talk a little bit about competitive running. One thing that I love so much about running and what I love about um, surfing is that it's an individual sport. So however much time you put into it and however bad you want to be the best or whatever you want to do with surfing. Like for me, this, like personally, I want to be a world champion, you know? So I'm trying to put in as much time in the water, learning my boards, watching surf videos, not just of like myself, but of other people. And that's one thing I love about running too. It's just so free, you know? You can run wherever you want on the trails, on the street, sidewalk, a little bit like surfing, you know? If you want to surf smaller waves, you can, or bigger waves or... I just, I love that about both of them. You can do it on your own time, you know? You don't need to have, like with lacrosse, it's really hard if you just want to practice. Like practicing by yourself is difficult. You need at least yeah. another person to throw the ball to, right. you know? But running, you can, as long as you have, you don't actually even need shoes, but as long as you have your shoes, <laughs> you know, you can run wherever you want. And the same thing with surfing, as long as there's the water, you can. And within the running world, was there like a professional path you were on? Is, is it also seeking um, prize money and sponsorships or is it more like you're trying to get to the, the Olympics? Or? Yeah, so that was my dream. Like ever since I was a child, I was like, oh, I want to go to the Olympics for something, whether it be lacrosse, but lacrosse isn't in it. But or Now surfing's in the Olympics? Yeah, now surfing. Um, but uh, with running, it, it's a little bit harder because there are so many talented runners. And I didn't learn that the hard way until I got into college. Like in high school, I was one of the top. So I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be so easy. I'm going to go to college. I'm just going to start winning. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm like the fourth best on my team, oh, let boy. alone even in the Western, at that time, the Western Conference, which has some of the best runners in the world, you know, going to Oregon, going to Washington, going to Stanford, which is what we were up against, um, for University of Hawaii. And so it was, it was really, really tough. So I learned, uh, like, wow, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able, well, in my heart, I was like, no matter what, like, I always compare myself to that story, the, um, the hare and the turtle, the mm -hmm. tortoise. Yeah. Like, even though the hare is super fast and they're getting there, like, to the finish line way faster, I'm the tortoise, like my path has always been like slower, you know, but I will finish eventually, you, you know? You seem to have a strong sense <laughs> of determination. And uh, that's, I feel like what's happened in this, in my career in the surf industry, like mm -hmm. it's taken me a lot, many years to get here, but I've gotten here. Mm -hmm. But um, the thing with running is with, there's so many girls in the world, you can run anywhere, you know, you can run in Nebraska, you can run in Africa, you can run, run in Antarctica, but there's right. only so many places you can surf in the True. world. So there's, it already narrows the field of women. Mm. So I felt like I was going to make it more in surfing than in running because, yeah. and also there's definitely a big lacking of black Mexican surfer girls sure. out there. 
opposed to in the running world where there's so many black girls and Hispanic girls. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like I would stand out and I could probably profit or mm. like somehow get in some sort of like niche where I stood out more. Own you know? a small space of it. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned footwork and I was watching some of your videos and you have got amazing footwork. Thank you. And it reminded me of like fencing or even hula dance. So do you kind of pull from other sources or did it develop naturally? I would say it developed naturally. Like it also developed just being here in Waikiki. Like I said, I feel like Waikiki has such an iconic style mm -hmm. of longboarding with a really like intricate footwork and with a lot of grace. But within my surfing, I always try to be as graceful like a ballerina as possible, but also incorporate power. Because I don't want to just be a dainty softer. I want to also show that I can put powerful maneuvers into it. I want to be, when I surf, I want people to know that it's Nika Miller surfing. Like, oh, that's like her style. Like, even though I, I draw a lot from Waikiki, I still want to have my own sense, like be unique, you know, mm -hmm. and stand out. Especially being a woman of color in this industry, I feel like already I have to go up and beyond. Mm. So I, I really just want people to see that I'm really good at surfing and that that I am unique and different. And that's very important to me. And, I, and like I said, being a woman of color, I need to make sure that I'm at like the best level I can be at. You know, I don't ever want people to look at me and be like, oh, she's only sponsored by Billabong and Sunbum because she's black and right. they needed someone ethnic. I want them to look and be like, no, she's sponsored by them because she's really good. Right. Is there anything that you do to prepare yourself for this strange changing environment or is it just practice, practice, practice? Uh, a lot of, just a lot of practice, practice. I found surfing in different countries and different waves have really helped me a lot. Um, I do do some cross training with my trainer. His name is Bryce, DNA Performance. He does some really cool surf-based exercises. I don't like just going to the gym and lifting weights and I always get intimidated, but working with him, it's really cool because he's a surfer and he incorporates a lot of like body weight type surf like exercises. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll do that. And then I study like a lot of videos. I, I watch a lot of my videos and see where I can do, do better. And I watch a lot of other people's a lot of other top surfers that I compete against, like to see like what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I'm a very visual person. So I, I found that watching other surfers and seeing video really helps me. And like I said, I'm still not making the big bucks where I can pay for a coach and all of that. But right. eventually I would love to have that where I can have someone like really be like, no, this, 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 this. Do you find that you have any advantages from coming from the world of running? Yeah, I feel like running is so competitive, just like surfing. And I've, I feel like running has helped like really develop my legs a lot, which sometimes I feel like surfing doesn't. I feel like surfing develops your upper body because um, of all the paddling sure. you have to do. And really, it's a very minimal how much you walk up and down the board as opposed to running where I'd be running 40, 50, 60 miles a week. Oh. So I feel like my, my legs have definitely... That can really help in my surfing with my turns and making it more powerful. Sure. Also, too, uh, since I didn't start like surfing and competing at a young age, I found that I, I've, I'm not burnt out. I see some people that I know that when they started competing really young and when their family like really pushed them, now when they're like 20, 25, 
they're they've been doing it competing since they were five so they're they're over it they're burnt out they want to do something else whereas for me it's like competing surfing is newer you know so I don't feel that burnt out sense. I just feel that more like competitive drive. You're still stoked. Gender equality in surfing would be everyone just competing together, which they just did in the eddy this last year, which I thought was amazing. So did surfing, do you think surfing just opened a door to possibly a new norm in sports? That I, might be a tall order. I don't know. And I'd, hopefully no one takes this the wrong way. But <laughs> honestly, I don't like competing against the guys. I... When I did stand-up paddle, because I also compete stand-up paddle surfing, there mm-hmm. wasn't as many women, so lots of times I had to enter in with the guys, okay. and I would get smoked all the time. Like, it was so frustrating, and they're so much stronger, and they would be able to catch the waves before me, and I would just get so, like, like oh, it was just so hard to ever even make a final with the guys. When I did, I was stoked, but personally, i rather just keep it like women competing against women. I don't really like competing against the dudes. It's so hard. I mean, it made me better, but it just also made me get so frustrated in my heats, you sure. know? So, I mean, it's it was really cool to see for the Eddie, and maybe yeah. some people want it, but yeah. for me, I'd rather just compete against women. It's already hard enough trying to beat some of these girls. I'm feeling a, a real heavy work ethic here, a real goal-driven well, I, I definitely have fun surfing, but there's definitely waves when I mess up or fall. I'm definitely hard on myself. Like, I'm always like, oh, my God, why? Did, like, you just met, like, what are you doing? Like, you just mess up this whole wave. Like, come on, like, get it together. You know, I'm very hard on myself or I'll look at videos where I'm like, dang, I missed this opportunity or I missed that. Like, I, I mean, I'm still trying to have fun and I try to have a smile on my face but each session I'm out there is is training for me is a practice session you know so I take it very serious and like I try to catch as many waves as possible just so that I can just get that repetition and just so I can get that muscle memory so sometimes I know that people are always like oh or have told me before like oh you're not smiling oh you're not doing this or why do you look so angry and I'm like I'm not I'm just so focused like You're working. Yeah, you have no idea how badly I want to be one of the best surfers in the world. Like, this is so important to me. Like, I can't just be leisurely, like, you know? Yeah. I mean, at one point I could, but now also with my sponsors, I have to try to produce the best content possible to put on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. And my my Instagram and my TikTok, it's almost like a portfolio for other opportunities. Sure. So to stand out in this surf world where, where there's so many great girls and guys... I have to try to produce the best photos and the best videos to stand out so mm-hmm. I can get other jobs and other sponsorship. Yeah, and actually, so let's talk about that. So in 2020, you got sponsored by Billabong. So, you know, you signed those papers. What changes overnight? I was with Billabong as an ambassador, but then, yeah, during 2020, I signed, I fully committed to them. And um, what changed was my bank account. I got more money. And hey. then... Uh, it, I don't. I wouldn't really say so much change. Which you need to travel to go yeah. to all these. I mean, just so that people get the idea, it's not just that you go and spend it on fancy cars and 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 dinners. You know, you need it to to participate. Yeah, but I don't think people realize that surfing in itself is a pretty cheap sport. But if you want to get into competitive surfing, it is so incredibly expensive. Mm. I spend between two to four thousand dollars per contest. And that's on my hotel, that's on my flight, that's on my transportation, that's on my food. 
that's on my like my surfboard getting on the plane and back like it it gets so pricey mm -hmm. and if i like i'm never going to be making millions of bucks being a pro longboarder like the most you can win in a longboard contest and that's on the world tour is $10,000 oh every other like more smaller contests you're lucky if you walk away with 1000 Usually they're between a hundred to five hundred dollars. And you've invested four to five thousand dollars to get there and to participate. Yeah, for example, I did a contest last year in Spain. It wasn't part of the tour. It was like its own separate thing. I I won it and I won eighteen hundred dollars, but my plane ticket was eighteen hundred. So that only covered my plane ticket. Right, right. So I pretty much just got a free trip to Spain. Well, that's cool. But, but yeah. I still had to have money for the food and yeah. the transportation. So I was actually out money. And right. that's, that happens a lot in contests. If I, usually I'm breaking even or I'm out maybe like two to $300. So wow. and I, I only compete because I love it so much and I want to be the best. But I make more money just off of the brand side and doing brand deals and, you know, modeling. Mm -hmm. I do a lot better off of that than actually competing. I compete because I love it. And that's a whole different skill set. Like what were some of the, we talked about overnight changes from getting signed. What are some of the overnight challenges? Because all of a sudden you're a spokesperson. You know, all of a sudden you're a public speaker and a model. Like, were you re ready for that? I mean, that's a change. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I had to get out of my shell more. I'm a, very much of an introvert, and I've had to really work on my speaking skills. Mm -hmm. So I've been um, trying my best to do that and not always say like and um and, and make these pauses or talk in circles. So I've, I've tried to really work on my public speaking also, like you said, I'm a representative of Billabong and of Sunbum and of Gillette. So I, I, in the water and in land, I try to carry myself very well and be very happy and smiley because I don't want people looking at me and being like, oh, she's so mean or, oh, like, I can't believe that they have her. Like, so I always try to carry myself with a lot of aloha and be best representation of them I can be. Also, my social media, I've had to spend more time on that than I did before. Like I said, I have to do photo shoots for them and be posting for them and tagging them. So uh, before I could just post a picture of me eating a slice of pizza yeah. or whatever. Now everything has to be really aesthetically pleasing and nice. Yeah. So that changed. You always look like, for me, it was like the grass is greener on the other side. And I thought, oh, once I got sponsored, all of this is going to go so great and this and that. But then you, there's other challenges that come with it, you yeah. know. So it's just trying to find a balance and just trying to keep my own self, you know, not lose myself within social media and all of this. And still trying to be an authentic, real person and still do the things I love and still have actual quality time with people. Walk us through a day-to-day on a average day for a professional surfer in Waikiki? I have a, a dog who's pretty crazy and high energy, so I always have to start off by walking him for about an hour in What's the morning. What's his name? I love pet names. <laughs> Wilder. Wilder, okay. Yeah, <laughs> Wilder. Um, and then I'll surf for about three to four hours. Uh, usually at Queens, sometimes I'll go to Pops or Threes, when, when I'm here at home, mm -hmm. then I will go home and I'll make a really jam-packed like protein smoothie with oats and chia seeds and fresh fruit. Then I usually take a nap. Also, middle of the day, the sun is very hard on my eyes. My eyes are very light. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I like to rest during that period. And then after, I'll, 
I'll usually walk my dog again. I'll go surf for sunset for another hour to two hours. Okay. And then go home, make another meal. I'm vegetarian, so I have to cook a lot. Mm -hmm. So something with quinoa, vegetable soup, something on that order. And then I do, uh, in the evening, I'll like reply to emails, post something on my social media, and go to sleep, kind of start the whole day all over and again. Wh and what percentage is like, do you, how often do you get to do that day? Like how often, what's the percentage of traveling versus training? Last year, I probably traveled two weeks every month. And this year I decided I'm gonna cut back. I'd rather just do one contest, like one week to 10 days every month of travel because I found I was very burnt out mm. the more I did contests and the turnaround of just from Hawaii going to somewhere, you have to get used to the time difference, uh, the right. jet lag. And then by the time I would come home, I'd have a couple days to recover and then I'd already have to be off again. Oh yeah, competing with jet lag. Yeah, it's very oh. difficult. It's so, so tricky, so. And basically anywhere you go from Hawaii, you're in another time zone. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very hard. So this year, I would say, I would say I spend more time at home now mm -hmm. than traveling. Last year, it was more traveling than being at home, but I found that my performance went way down. I, I really want to have quality over quantity. You know, I really, when I go to do a contest, I'd rather be able to go there four or five days ahead of time, really learn the wave, and then compete, as opposed to getting there two days ahead, like barely learning the wave, competing, right. going home traveling, be getting there two days. Like I rather really, if I'm going to go to a contest, go there way ahead of time, focus on that one contest yeah. and then get home, get really recharged, refresh, and then go on to the next. That's probably better for your performance, which mm -hmm. is also sort of a financial necessity too. And, and that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, man, I'm doing all these contests for, I'm like just burning money. I'm going to these places right. where I would not normally spend, I would never spend money to just go to like, Ventura, California, you know what I right, mean? Right, like right. I'd rather spend that two to $3,000 and go to Indonesia, you know, sure. like. So. That was actually my next question is that, is there anywhere, cause now that you get to travel for surf, is there anywhere in the world that you always wanted to go and have you been there yet? I had a little book that I wrote when I was like in third grade, like my dream job in the world was to be, do something with traveling. I wanted to travel and see the whole world. So for me, I, I've always wanted to travel and see different countries and different places. And I like going to places that are more unique and places I feel like that haven't been as like blown up. Mm -hmm. So I really, really want to go to Nam Namibia. That's super high on my bucket list. Um, I really would love to go to Scotland. Um, yeah, I'd really want to go to Mozambique and to Peru and to Vietnam and uh, the Galapagos Islands. Well, all the places that I named, all you can surf in all of those areas, but they're just not as well-known surf Oh yeah, surf you can surf destiny. in Scotland, yeah. Yeah, you can surf in Scotland, and apparently September is the time like where they have really good waves. And also Namibia and Africa, they same thing, they have a whole coastline of amazing waves. Mm -hmm. um, and the same thing with Mozambique, and the same thing with Vietnam, they actually have waves down there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, all these places I want to go to have like a, such an interesting culture to me, but also they have waves you can surf that aren't blown up. They and might not be the best waves in the world, right. but it's still really just unique to me and different. And some of those places you were interested in at that young age already? 
Oh yeah, I That's was. That's so cool. Yeah, my um, my grandpa he gave me a globe, this really beautiful globe that I still have on the mainland, mm -hmm. and I would just look at it for hours because back I didn't have a cell phone or anything, but I would just spin it and just like I would literally look at all these different countries all over. And yeah, I just, it always just fascinated me and I'd always just wanted to be like, and I'd always pick out like places that just, yeah, look so unique and far away and just, yeah. So it, it's something that I've always had an interest for. I love hearing these stories of visualization where somebody, you know, as a child thought of something or saw something and then later on as an adult, do you visualize competitions or surfing or waves or is that any part of your like a Zen, any, anything that you, you, you kind of do? Yeah, I've, I've found that, especially for contests, if I really, like, really focus and visualize, like, I'm going to do good, I'm going to do this and this on the wave, if I really, really, like, put it more and more and more in my head, I found that it starts to translate and I start to do it in my surfing. Wow. So I've been, I've been trying to do that. I am very open. If anyone on this podcast ever wants to give me any advice, I'm always so open to learning and just how to improve on on those type of skills. I know people have told me in the past that meditating would help a lot just to clear my head and just to get me centered and focused. Mm -hmm. um, that's not something I've been doing yet, but something I really want to try. But I'm always just open to different ideas and possibilities, anything to help get me better and give me an edge over other surfers. I've got two quotes from famous surf folks. One is Duke, and he said that whatever you put into surfing, surfing will pay you back 10 times. So is that something you're finding to, to be true? And it doesn't necessarily have to be financially, obviously, yeah. you know, enriching life or whatnot, but something surfing gave back to you. Gosh, surfing is giving back everything to me. Being in Hawaii is giving back everything to me. It's be, living in Hawaii has just really, to me, given me myself. Like I, before, I felt so self-conscious and I felt so ashamed to, to look the way I look, to have dark skin and my features. But being here was the first time in my life people would actually tell me, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Oh my God, your skin color is just so, is so rich and so nice. and. I, it just really started to make me feel like, wow, I'm an actual person. Like people actually see me. I'm not just this like ugly creature. Like it just really started to just make me feel like whole and just like heal my inner self. And then surfing in Waikiki and just being able to be a part of it and just take so much, like I said, from all these inspirations like Dwayne DeSoto and Bonga and, mm -hmm. and Crystal just just watching them and just seeing how beautifully they surf. It, it, it's just, to me, really helped develop my skill. And I'm just so grateful for everything here and all the people, everyone in Waikiki that gets behind me and is always rooting for me and like always like telling me, oh, I saw you like watching you on this contest or doing this and that, like all of that means a lot to me. So I am so grateful. So what's one thing that you didn't think you'd ever do that you did? I was talking earlier like how this was like a kind of a full circle moment. For me, I used to work on the beach mm. and I used to bust my butt working six, seven days a week um, just to make enough money to pay my rent and maybe have a little extra to enter into some of the local contests. But and what was, were you doing? Uh, I was a, I was doing a, some lessons, but mainly a surf photographer at the surf school. Oh, cool. But it was down by the Outrigger Reef and I used to go 
in into the outer reef and just hang out in the hotel like in between lessons or if I was tired I would just sleep on one of their like little couches and now to be here actually doing an interview and and literally staying in a room like laying on an actual bed like that's something that if you would have told me back then when I was working on the beach I'd probably be like oh, I don't think I'll ever be able to like work with this hotel the same right. hotel that I would literally go in just to get water or use the bathroom because it was nice and fancy yeah. and now I'm actually here like it's it's just really makes me feel proud and just like oh I I knew like all this hard work would one day pay off. Like, cause there was times before I was sponsored and when I was trying to compete, it was a real struggle. And it was just like, can't tell you how many times I would cry and just call my mom. Like, what's wrong with me? Why does nobody want to sponsor me? Or like, what am I doing wrong? And, or just people telling me it would never happen. And, you know, you should just try to like, maybe work at, at the hotel or you should try and get this type of job or that type of job like whatever like what you're trying to do is never gonna pan right. out well there so. you go i'd say that counts big time <laughs> and what's something i always love this one too because oh my god the answers are so funny so what's something that you thought was going to be easy that really kicked your butt that took you by surprise something that you uh, underestimated i thought competing was gonna competing and surfing was gonna be a lot easier mm -hmm. i thought that like like you were first saying like oh all you had to do is surf and catch a wave yeah. like I never realized how much strategy is in it you know and how much like having that time of that time limit of 20 minutes or so like how much that really affects your surfing hmm. you know not just being able to be like oh it's okay I haven't caught a wave in 10 minutes like no if that happens in a heat like you, you need to start, be, you're stressing, you know, like if you haven't caught a wave in 10 minutes, like how much that like little time period really interferes with just being able to be free. So competing is, mm -hmm. in surfing is a lot harder than when I first thought. Before we wrap up, um, your sponsors, you want to say a shout out to your sponsors? Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, my sponsor, Billabong Women's, um, Sunbum Sunscreen, Sticky Bump Surf Wax, Island Fin, Cool. Um, I'm kind of riding two different shapers, right? Longboard um, shapers right now between mm. Michael Takayama and Tim Stamps. But cool. thank you guys for making me awesome boards. Right on. Um, yeah, Gillette Venus. Um, and I think those are all my main sponsors at the moment. Um, and any other organizations or charities or schools or someone you want to shout out to? Um, definitely the Outrigger Waikiki. Thank you so much I'll for having me. Like, <laughs> this has been such a special experience, and all the workers here have just been so friendly to me. And just the views are beautiful, and uh, such a beautiful opportunity. I'm so grateful for them having me. And um, just yeah, just Hawaii in general, and everyone that's ever supported me in Waikiki or outside of Waikiki on my social media, like. I just feel so grateful and blessed all the people giving me like, like liking my video or sending me little messages of how inspiring I am. Like, I don't know, I, I'm just so grateful for everyone that's ever supported or believed in me. Thank you for, to Nika Miller for joining us and thank you to Outrigger for having us. And uh, as always, if you enjoyed this episode and this conversation and you wanna see more of them, make sure you hit like and subscribe down on the bottom of your screen. And in the meantime, mahalo for watching and uh, aloha.